0: Good afternoon and welcome once again to Wrestling Memories on Pioneer 90.1 FM KSRQ. You can check us out not only on the FM dial, but you can go online and listen to us live at www.radionorthland.org You can listen to us live and you can also listen to our immense back catalog of former Wrestling Memories episodes from the past. It's five years of great interviews. Check it out, radionorthland.org It'll get you linked up to our SoundCloud page and lots of good stuff to there as well. But we've got lots of good stuff to talk about because the man is back from assignment today. Uh you've been busy. You've been a busy busy man. My um, co-host, sidekick and good friend Minnesota Pro Wrestling historian George Shire. Busy guy, but you've uh, definitely got a few guests uh, in the next couple of weeks for us lined up. So I do thank you for coming back and taking some time today.
1: Hey, I'm excited, Glenn. I never sit on my hands. You know that. I'm always trying to line up wrestling memories and today We have a a returning guest coming back to wrestling memories. It's been a couple of years, but uh, he's an old buddy of both of ours, and I had a chance to visit with him just a month or so back. And Let's introduce him, get him on the line, and let's start talking some stuff here. My good buddy, James Beard. James, how are you doing, my friend?
2: Doing great, George. Good, Good to talk to you and Glenn both, man. Good to hear from you.
1: I know you were on with us here a few years back when you had your book come out and you might want to give us, if that book is still available and give us a plug on that, if that's the case. And then uh, we'll just go forward.
2: Sure. Yeah, it's, it's still available. You can still get it on Amazon. And and, and also you can go to, uh, uh, dot com, and, and, and it'll lead you to the, uh, uh page of, of, uh, access, uh, Memphis wrestling history that, that, uh, has it, uh, has it on the webpage there. Um, and Mark James is actually the publisher, so he, he's, he's got that page, and, and, and you can get it that way. Or, you know, if
1: you happen to run into me somewhere at a show, I'll be glad to sell you one and sign it. And while you mention Mark James, I'm going to throw in a, a cheap plug. You know, Mark and I have done three books together now, and my current book, AWA Record Book. The 70s, Part 2, 1975-79, was just released this past May 31st, so just a little over a week and a half ago. And, of course, Mark is my cohort in crime on that one as he does all of the excellent layout and covers and just puts it all together so it looks nice and sweet. And then I provide him with all the pictures and all the, the history and He's been a good tag team partner, so that's also available at his Memphis Wrestling site and on amazon.com as well. All right, enough of that. Well good, I'm yeah. glad your book is still available.
2: Right, yeah, it's, it's still out there, and, and uh, uh, you know it, it, I'm, I'm proud of it. It did, did, uh, did well as far as uh, people uh, the, the, the reception it got from the people that read it, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy with it.
1: Well, and it was indeed a good book and you might refresh some of the fans what it what it uh, entails because you were one of the finest referees and still are. Well,
2: uh, well, I appreciate that and 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 you know, it really isn't so much about me. I didn't really intend to write an autobiography at all. It, it's more about uh, uh the guys I worked with and and, and it has got a few little stories in there about about some of the situations that came up and that that sort of thing and my opinion about a few things, but but uh, and you know, naturally, you've got a little autobiographical things in any book you might write. But uh, uh, mostly, it's about the guys that I worked with that, that that most people would know about, especially the ones in the Dallas Dallas area.
1: Right, and as as you speak, I'm holding the book. I just went to my shelf and pulled it off. It is called The Third Man: My Life and Times Inside the Ring and Out by James Beard. So by all means, uh, check it out, fans, and uh, you won't be sorry. It is indeed, as I say on great books like this, it's indeed a main event. So bring us up to date what you're doing this uh, right now, my friend. I know uh, I had the chance to see you in action as a Master of Ceremonies just uh, about a month or so back. And uh, wow, you did yourself well, my friend.
2: Well, that was, that was a new experience for me. I, I, they kind of, uh, you know, sometimes you get thrown into a situation and you just have to wing it, you know, and that's pretty much what I did literally. Um, I, I I can't remember who was supposed to have been the, uh, master of ceremonies for the, for the hall of fame inductions and. But Johnny called me about a week or so ahead of time, and he said, "Look, we're waiting for you to do this." And I'm going, John, I've never done anything like that before, you know." And he said, "Well, you can handle it, you know. You know how I are." And and uh, all
1: right, uh, yep. So yep. I, yep,
2: yep, yeah. I literally got the line up about five minutes before we started, and we 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 kind of winged it, and and I think you had a little bit of that situation yourself, <laughs> but but that uh, it, it all turned out pretty well. I thought.
1: Well, I want to tell that uh, anyone that was there will, will verify what I'm saying, but for those that weren't at the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremonies, you did yourself proud, and I mean that sincerely, and there was no way anybody would have been able to say that you hadn't done it before because uh, you, you just you, you looked poised and professional, and uh, you kept it going, and, and like I say, it was a job well done.
2: Well, thank you appreciate that that that's uh, that means a lot
1: well and it's fact okay so give us a rundown now you're still i know you're still refereeing and and some things so just bring us up to date on uh, james beard
2: well you know i'm still i'm still working with the nwa right now um you know as you probably know there's some changes uh that are in the works with the nwa but uh I'm still still uh, um, handling some things for them, and, and uh, I'm still working some shows. Uh, I probably go out uh, a couple of times a month, sometimes more, sometimes less. But um, I'm staying pretty busy. Um, I, I kept kept telling myself I'm going to retire from the ring, actually doing that, but you uh, know I, I keep getting calls and I keep taking them, and I I've um, I, I've been enjoying it. I've been working with a whole new generation of guys, you know, and 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 it's been a it's been kind of a pleasure you know to kind of see this this new group come up and 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 uh and being able to work with them and 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 maybe teach them a few things and and you know it's just still enjoyable to me to be in the ring I, and I always told myself you know when I get to a point to where I don't feel like I can work at at what I would call an elite uh, uh level I would quit and and so far i i I think I'm still holding my own pretty well. I'm not having to count with my feet yet so I'm.
1: I'm. (laughs) Well, pretty well. Well, when you do decide you can't get in the ring and actually do what you're doing, uh, I'm going to tell you you could probably become an announcer, a play-by-play guy, or something for some organization. (laughs) You know, you mentioned you mentioned the NWA, and you know, maybe bring us up to date a little bit because. You know I'm an old guy, and when I was young, the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance was the elite group of pro wrestling. It was you know the, the, the Mecca. And of course, uh, in the 80s when uh, wrestling's territory started to uh, uh, disappear at the hands of the WWF expansion that was taking place, that NWA eventually, as we remembered it, was no longer the same. And it morphed into some different groups, and so kind of bring us up to date to, to how this lineage that you're with now is still the NWA that maybe we remember as old fans.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I worked with the NWA many, many, many years ago, back in back in those days you were talking about, and then uh, you know, it, like you said, it, it it morphed into something different with some different ownerships and and different. Uh, I get, I guess uh, it's kind of like a. a, a a situation where you had a whole bunch of people that different different promotions that worked under that banner but it was really kind of a, a uh, I don't know kind of like a franchise type situation it seemed like um, and I didn't I didn't really deal with them that much about five years ago I was asked to, to help um, uh, Bruce Tharp and, and Chris Ranquillo. Who actually owned it at that time and and they they asked me if I would come in and help them with some things and and I started working with them then and and the The main goal was to try to, to bring some relevance back to the NWA. It had been kind of abused a little bit, the brand, and, and, uh, and, and you know, it wasn't really being, uh, thought of as much of a, a, a factor in the wrestling business. And, and we worked at that, and we, we, we've done some things I think that probably helped, uh, elevate the, the perception of the NWA over the last five years. But, but, uh, you know, it's gotten to a point to where you have to have a little bit more, uh, financial, um, aid in order to move forward. And, and I think we took it about as far as we could take it. And, and, and it's in the process of being sold right now to, um, uh, Billy Corgan or, and, and, uh, and I'm hoping that 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 goes through and, and they're able to do something with it to take it further. You know, that, and then you know, I've, I've been talking with them. I'm still, I'm still involved right now, and and I'm I'm helping them out as much as I can, as far as trying to trying to get the transition as smooth as it can be, and and. Uh You know, if if there's a a spot there that I can help them with, I'll I'll, I'll continue to do that. If not, then, you know, I'll do something else.
0: Okay, James, I'm going to ask you something, too. I'm going to further on this NWA talk. Okay, you talked about the recent sale from Bruce Tharp to to Billy Corgan. And before we get your thoughts on Billy Corgan, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about Bruce Tharp's uh, run. Because it was during that run that uh, they introduced an online venture. And uh, it was called NWA On Demand, which kind of not necessarily is going to be full stock, competing with the WWE, but that opened up uh, another avenue to the nostalgia aspect uh, with those Houston shows that uh, came out here, what, just a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, I, I really didn't have a lot to do with that. It was it was really kind of a thing that Bruce did. He, he, did, he had obtained the uh, rights to to produce those mm-hmm. those old tapes that, that Paul Bosch had from Houston. And as you know, and, and I know George knows this, uh, uh, the the Paul Bosch promotion was a, a it was really a, a unique situation. He, he was, he was an NWA affiliate, but he brought in people from AWA, from USWA, from Japan, from Mexico, from WWWF. And, and um, he, I mean, he, he was kind of an outlaw a little bit with NWA for, for doing that. But, but at the same time, he brought in uh, a real unique situation where you saw people that, that, uh, working against each other that that you normally wouldn't see in any other promotion and so it's really unique you know and and mm-hmm. uh, and uh and special for fans to see nowadays you know you, you might see um Nick Bockwinkel down there with uh, against uh, maybe an an, A, uh, an NWA champion or 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 Jerry Lawler or somebody I mean and you never know it it just it's all kinds of different uh, situations down there that that arose from that conglomeration of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of our blending of, of, the, the promotions. And, and Paul Bosch really was the guy that brought that together. And it's a, it's a fascinating thing to watch sometimes, you know, yeah. uh, like I said, I don't really have anything to do with this, this situation as far as the, the, the classics go, but, uh, it is, it is, a. Uh, uh, it is a fun thing to see
0: sometimes mm-hmm. and also your thoughts on, on Billy Corgan because Billy's been in the last few years he's been trying to get his make his mark get his foot into the pro wrestling business on a bigger grander scale uh, not only just making a personality but actually getting ownership working behind the scenes I do believe he ended up buying in not only to uh, the NWA here he has uh, Bob Luce's collection that he bought a couple of years back I mean this is a guy uh, from Illinois a Chicago boy that loved his pro wrestling. And uh, yeah, he's one of the guys that I think that could be uh, one of the good ambassadors of a different generation to support the old school genre. And I was just wondering, uh, have you talked to Billy at all? Do you know of uh, what Billy brings to the table? Uh, Because I, I think that if done right and ex and everybody kind of gets on board that, uh, Billy might do. I mean, not back to the great heights of what, what the NWA was through, a, you know, decades prior, but I think they can definitely make a mark and having a guy that out front and a public figure like Billy Corrigan, who genuinely loves wrestling has got to help out the the cause here moving on onward and upward.
2: Yeah, I, I have talked with Billy personally and, uh, uh, and also with uh, uh, Dave Logano, who is just kind of his right-hand man, He's uh, kind of doing some front work for him right now. And uh, you know, Billy is a, a, a big wrestling fan. I mean, he's been that way uh, from what I understand since he was a kid, and uh, he's he's wanted to be involved in a long time, and he's, he's made some attempts that uh, have had some various degrees of success I guess you would say but
1: Mm -hmm.
2: um when I talked to him uh, I was surprised that that he you know he understands that that in order to compete today that 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 the idea is at least this is how I believe too I believe you have to have an alternative you have to have you have to do something different you can't follow the same pattern everybody else follows and I think he, he understands that and he and he knows that um he's got he's got a real uh real uh respect for the traditions of the business and and uh i I was glad to hear that and and uh, you know i I think i think he's a he's a guy who it's given the chance here and 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 uh you know with the the means that he has and and the uh uh and I guess the notoriety that he has, I think I think he can do some good for for the NWA, and and you know it's a good possibility of taking it further and 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 moving it toward the the goal that I really had when when I got involved again, and and that's just to bring it back to some relevance, and and I'm hoping that Billy's able to do that. With oh. you know whether I'm involved or not, I, I
0: hope that happens you can't help but root for uh, something, an alternative uh, to, to the big mainstream machine of the, the WWE. And, uh, you know, yeah. Billy kind of takes uh, the lead from, I mean, pro wrestling and rock and roll. I mean, not just the rock and wrestling connection, but, but the behind the scenes connection. You can go back even uh, back to the 90s when uh, Jim Cornette did uh, business with Smoky Mountain, uh, getting that off the ground with Rick Rubin. So rock and roll has a place, I guess, uh, not just out front and on the stage for pro wrestling.
2: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I, after I talked to him, like I said, I, I, I realized that he really, he really has a passion for it and he really has his heart in the right place. And I I think that, uh, I, I think he'll do some things that'll, that'll, um, that'll make some noise in the business if he's given that chance. And, and I'm I'm hoping this all works out and, and they get all the, the details that they're trying to, trying to, um, get taken care of, um, uh, uh resolved and 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 they take over and you know things are 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 massive success you know Mm -hmm. i really do
0: now what's the deal i mean he's got to deal with more than just you know the the ownership of the nwa uh he's also has to deal with the the company you know some of the wrestling outfits that are connected with the nwa and that's kind of a patchwork sort of a thing across the country as well to uh kind of get in and Uh, and, and yeah
2: yeah yeah the the way the nwa is set up right now is there are like Uh, i can't remember exactly there's 20 something promotions that actually have licensing that they work under the uh, nwa banner and those those are annual renewable type things and and uh, uh he he is open to the idea of continuing that to some in some some form or fashion i'm not sure exactly how that'll all end up working out right now um I know dave lagana has been really busy talking to different people who are involved in the nwa right now the, the, the different promoters and and even some of the talent and, and uh you know he's trying to they're trying to evaluate you know uh, what process would be the best way to to um set things up once they take take control and and i, I think they're pretty open to a lot of different ideas they're, they're, they're not coming into it with it with the idea that i have all the all the answers it, it seems like they're Listening to people and and uh, they're probably open to to things that that you know maybe they they didn't expect when they first took took uh, or, where, or before before they first started uh, taking ownership or, or beginning that process and um, you know I, I I think that there's it's still an ongoing process right now for them to develop what kind of situation they're going to have as far as live live shows go and as far as the promotions go and all that's concerned but I know that they're definitely uh, um, Uh, aiming towards some sort of media presence. And and that that's an important part of this.
1: Mm -hmm. Bring
0: George back. You know,
1: James, uh, when you mentioned the media, uh, that is something that all of the independent wrestling organizations today is really suffering, not having, because we all know that from the early fifties on 1950s on that television was really the main venue for for any promotion to have any type of success and ongoing success because television got the word out got the fans to run to the box office and buy tickets and all of these small independents it's almost as if the television stations across the country have just totally said we don't want to do anything with wrestling anymore but we'll do it with the WWE who seems to have it locked up how important is that going to be if if any promotion and you're talking nwa here do they need to have that tv presence to really really be different and to move forward or is are they going to be able to do some other way at this point in time
2: well i think they're looking at a lot of different ways i mean there there's uh, i'm not sure that that broadcast tv is necessarily the answer i mean it's it's something i mean obviously wwe does well with it and 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 that's uh, you know that's one aspect of it, but but uh, you know the internet and and social media. There's so many different outlets now that and and things are changing. You know it's a different business. Uh, it, it oh yeah. that yeah. You know, it used to be that you did TV to to draw people into your live shows, and now it's almost the other way around. But um, it, it's a, a you know there's so many different things that are out there now that you can use to uh, to, to ex- expose your, your, uh, product. And, and I'm thinking that, that, and then from what I've, I've heard from Billy and from David, I I believe that they're, they're looking at all those options and I, I'm pretty sure that they're going to, uh, uh probably make a, uh, probably kind of like a, a widespread type approach to this thing. I don't think they're looking at just one deal. You know, we, we've well, sure. we talked about getting TV and that kind of thing, but I'm not sure that just getting TV is the answer. There's a lot more out there. And and uh, um, so as, as how you how you market it and how you approach it, I think it's going to make a difference. And, and you know, with with the, with with his connections and his name and and, and the financial uh, stability that he might bring, that I think that you know there's a chance that he might make a difference.
1: Well, that's good to hear. And you know, I do agree with you. I mean, we do have so many with technology as it is today. We have so many different venues to get it out there. Television was always the primary one, but. That seems to be the one that's uh, left behind today. When you talk about the NWA that you're dealing with today, do they carry the title lineage that goes back to 1948, when the original National Wrestling Alliance was formed by that group of promoters in Iowa, or, or is it? Absolutely. Do they have their own lineage?
2: No, no, it's it's, it's, uh, it's that it goes all the way back to 1948. Uh, that's that's.
1: So, so they're they're recognizing that Harley Race and Gene Kiniski and Pat O'Connor, et cetera, were all NWA champions. It's part of their their history.
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this Tim uh, Storm is actually the NWA champion right now. I don't know if you know Tim. Okay. He's a you yeah, know, but he, he's a, a a guy that's been a, a real staple for the independent, uh, especially in the Texas area. I mean, he was just he's just like a, a legend down here. Uh, but he's, he's, he really reminds me a lot of, uh, he's kind of, uh, if you can imagine this, he's kind of a mixture of, of a Nick Bockwinkle and, a uh, Stan Hansen kind of mix. He, he, he can, he, 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 when you talk to him, he, 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 he's almost like a, an interview almost like Nick, but when he gets yeah. in the ring and it, he can, he can brawl, he can wrestle, he can do anything and, and. Uh but yeah, he 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 is the he's recognized as the NWA champion and that, and that he is right there at the end of the end of the line with all those guys that you're talking about, the, the fizzes and the flares and the races and the briscoes and yeah. I mean that he's he's the, the next guy.
1: Well, that's really good to hear, you know. And and I, I, by my own admission, I do not follow the modern day product of WWE on any type of consistency. I'm somewhat aware of what they do, but I'm not. I I just don't have the interest as it's promoted and produced so differently from the animal that I grew up loving. But I, I do know I that the independent scene, the independent scene is is you can go to these small cards and every once in a while you see a couple matches you go wow that's that's got old school to it they they're getting it you know it's not just about putting in their holds and seeing who can put uh, put themselves over
2: and that's really that's really been the uh, uh, the process for for us to try to bring some of the relevance back to the NWA that we and that we started to do 5 years ago when I when I got involved again it, and that is to make it more uh about the competition and more um, uh, about the traditional values that, that, I think you, I know you believe in and I, I believe in and, and you know, I, I understand that you have to be progressive and you have to change and, and, and things do change and, and, and not always change is not always bad, but uh, I believe there are certain values and certain uh, traditional things about professional wrestling that when you lose it, that, that you lose a lot of what it really means. And um, we've been trying to, feature that sort of thing in, in, in the in our promotions and and in, in the way we go about our business and uh, I think if you saw uh, uh, an nWA promotion right now that's what you see you see a lot of the, the the things that you love and you know yeah uh, um, guys like Tim swarm actually represent that very well
1: well and you know the one thing that's really good about today too is that we have the Uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Wichita Falls, Texas, we have the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa, we have the Cauliflower Alley Club, and there are various fan fest type uh, events that are held throughout the year. And the nice thing about every one of these events, these, these shows, is that they bring together not only today's fans and a lot of today's independent wrestlers and even the wwe stars from time to time but you you see the old timers there that are still with us and man they're getting slimmer and slimmer but there are many that are still with us and it's the kind of the the bridging the gap so to speak and that's where these organizations are fun the hall of fame Maybe we can touch on that a little bit, James, because, as I said, you were the master of ceremonies uh, just a month or so back uh, at the Wichita Falls event, and it it was so exciting to see the the talent, both old and new, that was present and how they come together and and kind of bring that history together.
2: well, you know I, I think that I think that at, at the core. I I think most of the guys who get into this business or or have the desire to be a wrestler or be a part of of professional wrestling, I think most of them have that that, uh, desire to bring a lot of those traditions along with them. Now, the leadership sometimes steers them off in a different direction and and requires them to do something that... that, they probably didn't expect they were going to have to do, and and I think that's where that's where we that's where we lose it sometimes. It's not necessarily with the talent that's coming up; it's it's with the guys who are actually uh, directing that talent, and 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 the ones that are are, are making the decisions about where it goes. And and, and I, I think I think when you see guys come together like like you said in, in places like the Hall of Fame and, and Cauliflower Alley and, and the other places that that. Um, have that blend of, of, the old and the new, I, I, I think you see a lot of respect from, from both sides and especially it, it's, it's, good to see for me, you know, and that's why I've, yeah. I've been more involved in that kind of thing the last few years, because I, I, I want to try to bring that along. You know, I want to try to be a part of, of um, keeping some of those traditions alive
1: and, and, and hopefully that, that, you know, some of that will come back, I hope. And, yeah. Um, well, and I, 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 can, I can give you an of, example of something. Something that I noticed at the uh, Hall of Fame this this past May is Johnny Mantell and Killer Tim Brooks, who had had matches against each other back in their respective careers. And, you know, on the surface, they they weren't good friends and they were enemies when they were battling. But it was so much fun to see them sitting down in front of a video screen at the Hall of Fame. And they were actually watching one of their matches against each other, and they were jawing back and forth as to you know what they did and how, why they did it and how they did it, and man, that was fun, and boy, you know when you did that to me, you know, and you could hear them talking. But the other thing that was really interesting is that there were not only fans that were standing around them, but there were some of the younger indie wrestlers. I and I remember there were three or four of them that were standing there, and they were involved in that match. And the comments that both Johnny and Killer Tim were 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 saying to each other. And I remember thinking to myself, you know what? There's hope because they get it.
2: And, that, and that's that's exactly uh, exactly why I've continued to be involved as long as i have because I, I believe there is hope out there and i believe that a lot of those guys do get it i think i think that's what they want they want to be a part of what what was so great about what we loved and uh you know like i said i don't think it's i don't think it's so much the talent that's the problem it's the direction they get sometimes from from the promotions and the bookers and the and and the way the way that they're asked to do certain things and and uh, you know they are sure. from all all levels you know and and but I I think that I think when you see these young guys coming up and most of those guys feel that exactly that way that you're talking about and you know I, I was in the middle of a lot of those matches between Johnny and and, and Killer you know I and and uh, you know when you when you walk out of a match like that and you know that you've you know that you've done what you set out to do and you know that the fans were right. really drawn into what you were doing. Uh, it, it's such a great feeling. And, and a lot of these guys don't get that feeling anymore because they don't get that opportunity to do that. And, and, uh, I think a lot of them want that. And, and that's what I keep banking on that, that is still there, you know, and and that desire to do that is still there. And, and I'm hoping that, that there's an outlet for that.
1: And I'm hoping that the NWA becomes that I really do. You know, well, and when you mentioned, you know, how they're, they're trying to, uh, to bring back that old school flavor and and kind of doing something different. One of the things that I notice about a lot of the independent promotions and like you say having people tell the wrestlers what they want them to do that maybe they'd rather not because it gets to be too much WWE like and I think a lot of the indie promoters they They try to emulate what the WWE is doing and therein probably lies to their failure in the future because I always, I always say this, if I could be a promoter today, if I had the money, if I had the money to start up a promotion, the one thing I would want to strive to be is as far different from the WWE as I could, and I'd want to be old school and just bring it back and just, you know, throw caution to the winds and the money to boot. If I could make it work, that would be my goal.
2: Well, and I, I think that's the only way that you have a chance to survive. If you're, if you're not different, if you don't provide something, like I said before, if you don't provide some kind of alternative to what they see on TV, all you are is a cheap copy of what they're seeing. And, and, uh, right. and there's no way, you know, there's no saying that you can't outvince Vince. And, and uh, you know, why would you even want to try? And and so right, that's you know, very if, true. If, if you're going to have a chance, you you've got to be something different. With, and and there's all kinds of different ideas about how that might work. But I, my my belief is that you you do have to go back to some of the traditional values and and, and 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 understand that there's a difference in making in making fans react and making fans feel something. And and I, I believe you can I believe you can be progressive and still maintain those values. And, and, uh, you know, you, you still have exciting matches and still maintain those values. And, and the, the trick is how do you do that? And I think a lot of that has to do with the leadership and, and the direction that the, that the guys get. And, you know, hopefully, you know, that that'll come about at some point with somebody. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping that uh, that's, that's, that's what I've, that's what I've hung around for. I've, 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 I've tried to tried to stress that with guys and, and, and and with the promoters and promotions that I've worked with and and, and been able to uh, uh, give advice to, but you know you you can only do it so you only take it so far without without the means to do that, and 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 I'm hoping that that somebody will be able to do that with that kind of
1: mentality. Well, oh boy, and I'd certainly echo that with you because I know for about thirty years now I have just I, I've been hoping that someday we're going to see. You know some of the little territories just start to pop up again and and have regular cards whether it be once a month or every couple months at least and and just be really regular and have a good sound core of guys that can travel around to various territories and make money doing it so that they don't have to hold down a full-time job and you know that would be such a great start and I see a tinge of it every once in a while. And then all of a sudden the promotion is gone and uh, our guys didn't get paid. And and really there's no place for them to go. And we have to be honest here. I think every guy that's, that's working these independents and you know, they're obviously Mm -hmm. it's not their full-time work. They're just trying to get some experience in the back of their minds. They're thinking, I'm never going to be anything in this business unless I get this, you know, brought in by Vince McMahon and right. we I'd like to see that mindset gone.
2: Well, it, 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 and, and it, it, you you have to have another alternative, this, this at least viable in order to have that mindset change. Uh, you know, you've you, you got right. to, you've got to have something, something that's, that's catching on that, that people are buying into that, that they, they want to see, uh, in order for guys to to understand that hey there's a, there's another way of doing this and uh, I I believe that I I believe in all my heart that there is another way of doing this and uh, you know I'm I'm just it's just a matter of having having the uh, the means in which to get it out there and 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 the patience and the and the stability to maintain it long enough so that it catches on again it's it's a reeducation you know a lot thing,
1: of ta- really. yes very much so you know a lot of times I'll be talking to newer fans and and they'll be at an indie card and an indie card will draw 100 or 150 people, maybe 200. But, you know, they're used to going to the arena when there's 20,000 or more for the WWE and they see that they're so different. And these fans, I tell them, I say, "You know, I really feel bad for you that you weren't able to experience the territory days when Every territory had 30 wrestlers under their umbrella, 20 or 30 wrestlers. And when they got tired of the, the, the shtick they were doing there or, or what they were being asked to do or not, they didn't like the way they were being used, they could get in their car and they could go to another territory and start over and, and make money at it. And this just went, it, it all evolved. And I said it was so different and so beautiful. And each territory really was different in how they promoted wrestling. I mean, Very much so. there were things in certain things in certain territories that uh, you know the the territory you just came from didn't didn't do. The best example is Vern Gagne's AWA. He stressed wrestling first, gimmick second. Whereas you go to some territories and, and they were stronger on the gimmicks. You went, if you went to the Sheiks territory in Detroit. You know, you went there every week or every month, and you saw the chic, and it was a blood fest. That was the formula, and we didn't have that formula in the AWA. So, I mean, there were different areas that had different things that you could do, and it worked so well. And that's why it really does hurt when you think how it changed, and it would be so great for these Indies to survive again.
2: Yeah, it would be and, and you know the one thing that you can't change is that that uh, with with the media the way it is and and the exposure the way things are these days. Yeah, you, you, there was a time when when a guy could be one thing in one place and something else in another place and nobody ever knew right. the difference. Uh but right. uh, that probably that that day is probably gone. Uh there, there Oh, it is gone. In order in order to do something like that you have to make it make sense somehow. And uh, I think yeah. there's a way to do that. But uh you couldn't just go from one place to another and be something else, you know, and, and so that's something that has to be taken into consideration. But I, I still believe that there's a place for for that that more traditional approach, more uh believable, logical approach that, that uh um, that I think we all were drawn to about this business. The the, the thing that makes you feel things, that, that draws you in, that that makes fans invest emotionally into what's happening instead of just react to it. And I, I, believe there's, I believe there's a place for that if we can just find a way to get it out there.
1: Let me ask you this, James. Now, you know, I know you're still involved in this, and so you're seeing some of this independent uh, action. One of the things that I see when I attend a few indie Cards here in Minnesota is there may be five or six or seven matches on the card. And so many times the opening match on the card will will have every imaginable scenario take place you know be it finishing holds and drop kicks and high flying maneuvers and off the top ropes and chairs and pay i saw them one time here they're going through a table in the opening match and when that match is done and it's the opener i turn to whoever i'm with and i say okay now what's the main event i mean they've shown us everything and that and to that, me,
2: that, go ahead. Yeah, and that that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. It's 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 not so much a matter of the of, of a problem with the talent; it's a problem with the leadership, a problem with the with the right. direction. Uh, and that wouldn't have happened in in uh, in an AWA uh, event. That wouldn't have happened in a, a world exactly. class event. It wouldn't have happened in, right. in a, a Georgia. It, it 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 just wouldn't have happened because the guys who were running things wouldn't have allowed it to happen. And, and that's right. Uh, you know, they understood that there had to be a build toward the finish, and that there had to be a respect for what was going on later. Uh, and and you know, th- those are the, those are the problems I see more so than anything else. It's it's not that we have a lack of talent. It's not that these guys can't do the things that 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 were done once. It's that 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 the leadership is not allowed that to happen and allowed that to develop uh, i think the the psychology of the business is the one thing that's missing more than anything else
1: boy i, I agree with that a hundred percent you know glenn i know he's he's listening here now on this and glenn you pay attention to the indie scene a little more than i do do you have some thoughts or anything you want to interject here with what uh, we've been talking about
0: well, I think you guys have been pretty much nailing it on the head as far as uh, what you've observed and what you hope for as far as the future goes for for Independence. But the one thing they got to do is for, in some of these cards, and uh, George, I'm going to echo uh, what you said, is slow down. You don't need to be throwing in these you know. Uh, these first two matches on the card are going to have a bunch of high spots and you're going to have about, about, a bunch of false finishes. You're going to look at it again, Use the same thing, George. You're going to wonder, well, you do all this, you're going to burn out your audience. What's the main event? And then you're going to keep upping that ante To where if you just started at a slower base, remember the the basic fundamentals of even, you know, the pro wrestling of working cards up to, uh, you know, from the beginning match up to uh, the popcorn match uh, and and into the main event. I think there just needs to be a better structure because the talents out there, I just think that there's a lot of too much, getting too many things in, trying to get all those spots to look good and high risk that we forget that you got to start from the base of of the moves the structure to work your way up and to be i guess to make those things mean more you know less is more i think
2: there's, there's no james you here's no, no way you can work a psychologically strong match and 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 not and not pace it to a point to where you can read how how you're being reacted to. Uh, it, I did a, I did a clinic down in, in San Antonio with uh, Tom Pritchard and Danny Cage, who, who runs the power the uh, um, Monster Factory, and uh, it was kind of it was kind of funny after a while because it, that was a kind of a continuous theme that we kept telling guys: you have to slow down, you have to slow down, slow down. And it got to a point where Rudy Gonzalez, who, who run, who was actually promoting the 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 uh, clinic that we were doing big sign he just walked around with it that said slow down you know and and that's a simple thing but that's really that's really a big big part of what the problem is with a lot of these guys they just don't understand that you know there's no saying that if you think you're working too slow then slow down a little bit
1: (laughs) i like that i like that well and you know i'm sitting here listening to our conversation and and i told you if i had the money and I had, you know, all the money to spend to make a, a promotion work. I'm sitting here saying, James, I want you working for me to to be my, my booker, to be my guy that's going to set this up because you're going to make this work.
2: Well, and and, and and I'm not the only guy out there that, that feels this way. There's a lot of, there there are other guys that have that kind of experience and that kind of knowledge that they can do that. Uh, you know, I, right. I'm, I'm one of many really, but, you know, I, I, it's just a matter of being able to to, to have the uh, you know the, the, the direction that, that these guys need to, to need to have in order to make this work and 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 be consistent with it. You can't just do it one time and 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 hope that you know hope for the best. You have to be patient and you have to be consistent and and it's a hard thing to do because you know it's just like in a match. A lot of these guys they get all antsy if the fans aren't popping about every little thing and and sometimes that's right. the best thing that can happen for you and 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 it's the same thing with booking and promoting you have to understand that there's a pace there that you have to have to get into a rhythm you have to get into and 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 that takes patience sometimes and 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 you have to have to hold back a little bit sometimes you want to go a little too fast and you have to watch out for that but you know, it, it's a it's a matter of maturity and learning learning those things. And and uh, like I said, there's there's other guys out there that feel this way and understand this just as much as I do. But um, you know, it, it's a matter of having somebody who will listen to you that has the means in order to uh, get it out there and expose it. And then, you know, that's the hard part. It's fr- that's the frustrating part right. for guys like us. Uh, but I you hear know, you. I
1: was at yeah. a um, I was at in. It. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the the thing I hear, you know, I, I'm in a lot of different places, you know, I, anywhere from Texas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, you name it. I got New York, and, and when I uh, the the theme I hear from fans everywhere, and I mean everywhere, is once we from represent what we present the way we present it, we hear man, we miss that
1: kind of that kind of wrestling.
2: We hear it from fans yes. everywhere.
1: Yes. Very definitely. You know, I was at a card, an indie card, about, I want to say it was about a year and a half ago now. And when I talked about that opening match earlier where they, they had every imaginable scenario take place in it. But four matches on the card ended in a disqualification. Mm -hmm. and of course the the question mark you know right and you could see it at the top of my head like what the hell are they doing i mean is there no creativity here at all who booked this is what i you know what i asked and i just said you know this is nuts and i haven't been back to one of their cards since they've had two or three since but four disqualifications in matches that's insane they're and 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 that's not that's
2: not just on the indie level. You see that even on on TV on Monday nights. You know, you, they, they 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 create. There's a lot of creative cop outs. You know that when if yes, uh, if, uh, you know when you see a, you, that you, you it's so obvious to me. When you know you see a three man match or a four man match or a five man match, it's not because it's being creative. It's because they they they're, they're copping out to doing what, doing things the right way. Uh, it, it, there you go, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, they don't they they don't want this guy to get beat or that guy to get beat or whatever or take a pin like, you know, it's it's a competition. People get beat, people win and people lose. And they don't they and and the creative process gets so gets so distorted sometimes that they don't under they don't find a way to do it the right way, so they just they just find some cheap way about out like a disqualification or or something like you're talking about and and that happens that happens on every level, not just on the indie level, you know, and and, uh, right. uh, and the, because the indies actually emulate what they see on TV. A lot of those guys. Well, and and the Hennig. thing
1: is too. Um, you 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 had a chance to visit with Larry Hennig when he was at the Hall of Fame last month. Larry Hennig mm-hmm. told me one time back in his heyday, when he was with Harley Race and they were a team for four years, and he said. And I can tell you, if you look at their tag team results record, it's lopsided with losses. Right. But they were winners. They were nice. winners because of the way, they, the way they worked and how they worked the crowd and how they brought those crowds back in. And Larry said to me long ago, he said, that was the magic of it. We could lose, and they'd come back next week to see us get our asses kicked again.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I remember. I remember Al Perez telling me one time, uh, yeah, uh, when he when he had the world cha- world class title, he said, "You know, I think it's been two years since I won a match."
1: <laughs> you <know? laughs> there you
2: go. But he but he still had the belt, you know, and and there, there's a an art to that, you know, and 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 right. people don't understand that so much, you know, and, and and he kept his seat, he kept his popularity, and and. And so many guys like Harley and, and, and Larry did that, you know, but, but uh, you know, it, it seems to go by the wayside nowadays to cheap outs.
1: Oh, well, and I remember Hulk Hogan saying one time that he wasn't going to lose. He wasn't going to be pinned. And to me that was, you know, and this is many years ago when when he had stated this, but to me that was such a, it's not about you, hulk it's about the business and let's make it look so good that when you do get pinned there's a reason for it and you can come back next week and do something different sure
2: sure and and that that, that's that's how you sustain that's how you keep things going but you know it's 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 been uh uh, the the whole the whole process of that of winning and losing has been distorted you know with with the way guys think these days and, and 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 like I said that goes right back to the leadership it goes back to the way things are 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 promoted and booked and 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 the guys who are making giving the directions you know and and, and I right. blame it on that more than I do anything else
1: well let's talk about a referee for example and you've got experience with this. Um, I remember back in the day when the referee could be the focal point in the ring, and you know we had fans that would sit behind me, and every time the referee missed a tag or, or missed a foreign object or or didn 't see something, the guy behind me I swear to God he was going to have a stroke he 's yelling, bought off referee, bought off referee you know and it it made the show so interesting the the match so interesting, but the referee was doing what he was supposed to be doing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's where a lot, that's where we were missing the boat a lot of times too. And I tell people this, that, that you can fix just about everything that's that's wrong with wrestling. In my view with, with one thing, and that's reestablish rules. If, if you have, there you the go. And, and the fans understand those rules, then, then you can get heat. Without that, and right. what I see nowadays is, is, is that one match you, the rule means one thing, and the next match it doesn't mean anything. And there's no explanation for it. It's just it's just done that way. And uh, you know, and and the referees mean very little anymore because of that. And you know, if, if you if you've got guys in the ring who understand, if you have rules, you have guys in the ring who understand how to work around them and with them, and and you have a referee that understands his place and how to. How to appear to be doing his job and sometimes not doing his job, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, exactly. Then, then, then you've then you've got a chance for people to get emotionally invested in what you're doing. Otherwise, right. you don't. It's just a matter of reacting to things and. And, uh, you know, without rules, you can't you can't get heat. You just simply can't do it. And heat is what drives this business or what has driven this business for all these years.
1: Well, I know in the AWA, and, and you, you remember Ray Stevens when he was out in California, he, he made famous the leap off the top rope. He called it bombs away. And he did that for years out in San Francisco. When he came to the AWA, he was using the off the top rope maneuver and the AWA never had any issues with it. They it was not a disqualification or anything like that. But about halfway through his tenor here, they declared that the top coming off the top rope for any wrestler was an automatic disqualification. Well that was that worked right in the favor of a guy like Ray Stevens because every time he would do his bombs away, the referee was nowhere to be found he was he was you know getting a a tag partner out of the ring or he was knocked down or and we had fans that would say he's the most inept referee that we've ever seen and so on and i told him i said he's doing his job he's doing what he's getting paid to do and ray stevens would get away with that disqual that avoiding the disqualification
2: and the trick to that, at least in my my experience, and, and and what I've always tried to do as a referee is, I've always tried to make uh, make those situations look as though it, it it was it was a situation to where it really wasn't my fault. I didn't see it. It was something great, else that great. happened caused me not to see it. And so the heat goes to the right place. And 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 that doesn't happen very often anymore. In fact, you know, if you if you watch if you watch a lot of TV matches these days. Half of the things that they do in a match are are what was used to be illegal, and, and oh yeah, and, they, and the referee is,
1: is doesn't, doesn't even need to be there.
2: Yeah, it should, all he needs to do is just stand around, and wait till you know the finish and the count, you know, and and right. you know, I don't even know why they do that anymore sometimes. But uh, yeah, no, the the trick to being a really really good effective referee and not and not putting the heat in the wrong place. Is to, is to be able to give guys opportunities to do those things without it looking like you're giving them those opportunities. And and that's a trick, and, and very few can do that.
1: I always said it a little bit differently. I, you said it very nicely, but I always said it this way. I said the trick to being a good referee is to be inept, and then you're a good referee. And yeah, that made they, the matches so much better.
2: Yeah. Being being in without looking in up, <laughs> it's kind of hard to do. Right, you know, there you go. I, I
1: was
2: I was always known as a guy who who, who uh, enforced the rules. I I was pretty. Uh, I made guys work for their heat. I didn't I didn't you know I, I, if, I didn't want to do things that put the heat on me, and uh, and I and and guys who understood that and worked with me with that. I think appreciated that more because, because it got heat where it belonged and, 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 you know, I never, I never sold a ticket. They sell the tickets. So there you go. So, the, yep. so my trick was, I want to, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to be, uh, I want to do something that's a little inept maybe, <laughs> but I don't want it to look like I'm inept. I want it to look like I was trying to catch you or I was trying to, trying to do my job the right way. Yet you found a way around me. And, and I right, think
1: there I you think, go
2: you know, to me, that gets more heat than anything else. And, 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 and sure. that's a hard thing to do. And you have to have guys who understand that. And, and, and on top of all that, you have to have fans that understand what the rules are. You know, if they didn't, if they didn't know the rule, the rule was, was there was against the rules for, for Ray to go off the top rope, then it wouldn't matter whether he went off the top rope or not, but they understood that. Great. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then when it, you know, they were mad at him. And that's,
1: that's right. great. Well, wow. We've had a, we've had a very interesting discussion. We've yeah. kind of went all over and I have totally enjoyed you coming on wrestling memories with us today.
0: Yeah. I uh,
1: will tell you too, uh, James, that I'm looking forward to uh, being back down with you, visiting with you in September. And um, I'm hoping you sell more books. You give it, we gave it a plug. It'll be on the show now and uh, fans go to Amazon or to the Memphis wrestling uh, dot com to get it and i'm going to get glenn out from under the ring here and let him wrap the program up but thanks james for coming on i always appreciate it my friend you're one of the good guys love you
2: i appreciate that it's been my pleasure and, and, and it's an honor to be uh, associated with you in that that situation in, in the hall of fame what you mentioned is that uh, we're we're part of the the final ballot committee and that's been a that's a real honor It's humbling really and, and i appreciate that and, and i'm looking forward to doing it again
1: well, thank it you. It is indeed an honor, and it's an honor working with you on it. So I'll be looking forward to seeing you in September. Thank you, much. Thank, oh. you, thank you, guys. It's thank you. It's been a joy.
0: All right. And the one thing I just have to ask you, man, that first book was so good. Are you still uh, putting any thought toward a second book?
2: Actually, Glenn, I actually have about 300 pages written. If I can, I, my, my, my excuse has been I don't have an ending. <laughs> and, and i'm am beginning to kind of see where that might come now and, and i'm hoping that i can get get that get back down to writing and finish that up but yeah i've i've got i've got about 300 pages for a second book and and it, it'll be a little bit different there's more story driven than the first book but uh uh I, i'm hoping that, that sometime in the near future i can get that finished up and and out there
0: that's a good way to leave uh, this edition of wrestling memories with a little sizzle here for an upcoming uh maybe potential interview down the line for George Shire and James yeah. Beard I'm Glenn Broggett so long for now